0: Imagine actually having a team of him Miedema, Prusso, and Black Sunies together. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. I suppose 90 second minute. I've never scored a 90
1: second minute winner. I don't
0: know what it feels like. Subscribe to the Koi Geek podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now.
1: Meaningful metrics on Off The Ball.
0: In partnership with Whoop.
1: The personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See Whoop.com for more. Yeah, and every week we will be looking at the meaningful metrics and how they pertain to the week's action or what's to come across the weekend. Mick McCarthy joins us in studio to uh, to nudge us in that direction and towards this friendly with Belgium on Saturday. And what it does bring to mind, I guess, is given that Belgium are world number one, it's that our record as the Republic of Ireland against teams that are in that upper upper echelon of the FIFA World Rankings
0: not particularly kind, the last while, no, the last while. You're right, but the world rankings came out in 1993. Uh Well, I think December 92. Actually, they we started.
1: were always in like the top 10 or 13 when they first came out, and it was a, it was a great thing. Now we dread them.
0: Back in the day, I know, Track I know. It. Yeah, God, are, are we? I always like you know when you go onto like the FIFA website and it's like there's 50 on the page. <laughs> I always want to be in that first page. You don't know? make <laughs> me scroll. Don't make me click next. Don't Please, (laughs) But we were six the first time it came out, you know, Um, obviously Belgium are like regardless of what team they're bringing, technically in the FIFA rankings, so it's a good chance for Ireland in the rankings actually, not that that necessarily matters all that much, but you know, we're playing against the Belgian second team as we know, but Ireland have played the world number one uh, on uh, five occasions uh, before now, but I also looked in because I just hate myself, I went through every Ireland match since December 1992 uh, all the way up to now, corresponded it with the World world rankings at the time and looked at uh, every time we've played a top five team Mick that's more work than rankings. anybody's ever
1: done on anything on this show ever
0: it's more work than I've done on the rest of the show this week has to be, <laughs> that, <laughs> as, as, as Ronan outside will know because I've left him uh, landed in but yeah no look, it didn't take all that long but uh, I don't know it's basically in those whatever it is 30 odd years yeah we've played 27 times against teams in the top 5 we have won just five of them but that's not too bad if you that's think okay. about that's it you know
1: 25 you know, five you know yeah but they 20.
0: weren't all friendlies which we'll get to in a second as well we've drawn 10 that's decent. You know, so that's 15 unbeaten out of 27, you and, know? you know,
1: a draw is the national result as well. Exactly. exactly. National you know, dish, national flag, national result, a draw.
0: You won't be surprised if a few of these were one-all. Get away. Yeah. But <laughs> And we've lost 12, right? But we lost seven of them in a row at one point over a few-year period where we were... Things weren't great. Have me guess. Trapatoni era? Trapatoni... Uh, yeah exactly I think it was was it all the Tony era there might have been a bit of of Staunton in there and there might have been a bit of O'Neill in there Uh, there was actually a Noel King game in there actually because a 3-0 defeat to Germany in the end of the the second trial so yeah yeah, it it included the 4-0 Euro 2012 uh, game against Spain as you can imagine and it included the 6-1 and 3-0 to Germany in the following World Cup campaign so you know Good and bad, right? So, I want to go through the games again, uh, the big wins first, right? or the wins, the five wins, right? So, it was the very first one was a win against world number one, Germany, 1994. In Hanover. In Hanover. What else do you remember about that? It was a Sunday afternoon. It was okay. an early
1: evening Sunday kickoff, and I can remember that because my mom was making salad, and salad would only be brought out on a Sunday in the summer that would never ever happen in the McCormick household during a week during a weekday or during yeah and it was a lovely day here at home and it was grey as be damned over in Hanover so the two things didn't correlate but it it, more than anything else it set us up for the false hope of USA 94 whereby we came off the result in Tilburg against the Dutch and came into this game against what was we would subsequently learn a really <laughs> underwhelming Germany team I day. know
0: yeah who went out to Bulgaria in the yeah. tournament but at the time they were world number one Gary Kelly scored I don't know if it was his only goal for Ireland but it was certainly his first goal if taught, if um, you'd have fingers to spare on one hand <laughs> not yeah for sure. and Tony Cascarino scored so that was and as you said we'd just beaten the Dutch everybody was up, uh, happy as Larry The Dutch weren't in the world top five at the time, so I didn't include them. The next one,
1: another reverse, by the way, that the Dutch weren't in the top five in the World Cup. Yeah,
0: well, they probably were afterwards after what they did to us in the second round. But Mm. uh, the next time was um, all the way forward to 1998, the first uh, Euro 2000 qualifier after the uh, 1998 World Cup, where Croatia had finished. Third. This is another great day. Well, oh a great day. And really memorable actually. Yeah. I was that, you yeah. Know, they went to Lansdowne Road, we beat them 2-0, we stuffed them, I would it's, say, you yeah. know, first half seen. goals. Uh, Roy Keane I actually didn't write that Dennis Erwin a penalty I think Erwin definitely got a penalty Yeah,
1: that set the wheels in motion for subsequent qualifying campaigns where each and every one that came out after a tournament that we were beginning we'd look at the big, getting the big team first because they might have a good World Cup and yeah. they might have a good European Championships and we can catch them cold yeah. and I think the genesis of that was born that day against yeah. Croatia whereby that, oh, they're lording it coming off a third place finish in France
0: You're dead right Mick McCarthy got so much credit for uh, the fixture negotiation that time it was the first time I'd ever heard that Atom early yeah, yeah exactly Yeah so um, Yeah that's a memorable one Unfortunately the next two Aren't too memorable We beat uh, the world number three Czech Republic 3-2 in 2000 Okay um, I don't remember this It was at End round Jan Koller got two goals For the Czechs But then again He always scored was against Was that us. like a
1: friendly Just before the Euros For them That we weren't at
0: yeah, we were we we certainly weren't right. at the Euros anyway. So Ian Hart scored. Robbie Keane got a late winner. Mm. We also beat in Brian Kerr's amazing uh, run of friendly wins that kept oh, us yeah, up the yeah. world rankings ourselves um, and kept his record clean. We beat uh, the Netherlands in Amsterdam one nil in two thousand and four. Uh, they were in the world top five at the time. Uh, Robbie Keane scored in that goal as well in that game as well. I don't have a huge memory of it, but a win in Amsterdam is pretty. It should be pretty memorable.
1: Was that the game where in... We were wearing that Ireland jersey that they couldn't wear too much because it made people itch a lot. It
0: was the <laughs> I one that was, was semi-furry one. Yes, we definitely wore that when we played them in in uh, Rotterdam in the two-two. Two, yeah, the two, two. yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know whether we were in, in that thing was. Just, no, this was in like,
1: 2004, so we would. We, this was after. I have another story about that game. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I can share this one on air, but... <laughs> when well, you're going to anyway. I was I was working for an, an organisation subsequently who had sent somebody to that match in 2004 for the friendly and they went missing. They were there to cover it and they didn't cover it in the end. <laughs> they were basically taking in the delights of Amsterdam as they were laid okay. in front of them for that weekend. But anyway, that's... I have a few
0: names in my head and I'll confirm them with you later absolutely. Uh, as, to, as to which one it is. Yeah. And then... The other win, you might have heard of this game. Ireland won, Germany nil, the Viva Stadium twenty fifteen, the game that sent us to the playoff that sent us to Europe twenty sixteen. The biggest roar I can ever remember being a part of. Actually the only game on this list that I was at myself. And yeah. I was in the office that night, Mick. Good for you. Well done.
1: Yeah. We all went out after that was a big night. That seemed like a real big night of celebration. Because there's a bunch of us here went down for points after that because We'd beaten Germany. It wasn't a. It's a Wednesday night or Thursday. Night yeah. or whatever it was. It was. God, we'd beaten Germany. This is brilliant. We have to go we have for to and celebrate this. Yeah.
0: I don't know why I wasn't in the office. I was working here back then. Back in my in my in my first. Uh, I'll tell you why, Mick. You got a freebie. <laughs> I probably did. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. I paid for the ticket, but I got it offered us by a friend of mine. <laughs> Nothing to do with the media. Um, okay. The, uh, just a couple of famous draws. Okay. 2005 in uh, Paris. Nil all. Yeah. Kevin Coban missed a sitter. He did. Yeah. Nil all. I don't, I don't like to remind him of it. Uh, if you're listening, Kevin, but you did miss the hitter that time. But um, that was that was Brian Kerr's moment. We should have qualified for that tournament. Yeah. So many things went wrong, including that game, and then traps probably uh, one of his greatest qualifying moments. 2012 qualifiers, uh, or 2010 qualifiers sorry, yep. uh, where we drew with Italy both times, uh, the famous one-all in Barry, where Robbie Keane slash Noel Hunt it was definitely Robbie Keane, by the way there's clear evidence but Noel Hunt still claims it It's our uh, Supruder <laughs> film <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly, got the equaliser and then the two-all draw in Crow Park with Glenn Whelan
1: Magnificent atmosphere, and that should yeah. have been that should have been a victory, it almost seems yeah. like that was those two points dropped which is an incredible thing to say up against what was an, an immense Italy team at the time. We have played a couple of top five teams at
0: tournaments as well, as you mentioned, Mentions <clears throat> everyone remembers Spain, yeah, yeah. But what was the other one? It's a very big surprise. Isn't uh, it? Matt, I'm looking at the list here, and I'm like, how was
1: that possible? It was. But then again, if we were a top ten side two years prior, yeah. this team definitely probably
0: yeah but it wasn't Italy in, your, in USA in 94 it wasn't uh, you know uh, Italy in 2012 or 2016 or all the other Mexico great teams that Dutch, we played no. it wasn't Mexico it wasn't the Dutch that we played uh, in 94 it wasn't uh, Croatia in 2012 anything like that now it wasn't France in 2016 even oh, no. right but it was Norway in 1994 the ga- the soft touch of the group as we thought nil all draw with them Jack Charter was in the stands nothing really happened Nothing happened at all in that game. <laughs> and we went through the next
1: round. <laughs> Nothing. The most the most to come out of that game was Jason McIntyre's story about the person in the stand. Which, which wasn't true. Which 100% <laughs> didn't happen. So, so even Jason McIntyre was forced into a position as somebody who was involved in that game to make up something that didn't happen about it because <laughs> it was so uneventful. Absolutely. Mm, but there we go. We're,
0: so we are. So Belgium is why I started talking about this. right? We're playing the world number one mm. at the weekend. We've played the world number one on these times. We beat Germany. I already mentioned that. Before, yeah. We drew nil all in 2004 with Brazil. That was a friendly. We went through that team that played
1: that night as well recently didn't we on the show yeah. they
0: were brilliant yeah. Jesus yeah uh, Great night um, 2012 against Spain that was 4-0 we we know what happened there uh, 2013 game against Spain in June that I don't remember In New York I did a quick Google on this the first image that comes up when you Google this game or is there a report on it is Gerard Piquet trying to win the ball against Connor Salmon Oh the Salmon of college salmon what a man college. Uh Okay, so that was a 2 0 defeat. So we lost twice to Spain. We drew with Brazil. We beat Germany. And then we drew with Germany in Gelsenkirchen, John oh, O'Shea. Yeah. And that was a great night. That obviously they were number two by the time they came to Dublin. Sure. But when we bet, uh, played them in Gelsenkirchen, they were number one. My, I, I, I don't know what to take out of this other than we should play Germany when they're world number one more often because we seem to have a pretty good record against them. Belgium, be Belgium, I think, are going to give us a really good chance to get a second W on this board okay. on Saturday. Well, um, they've only got, they, they have got nobody with over 50 caps. Uh, in the squad so Ireland <laughs> as we're about to talk about are maybe not in great shape Still, still
1: got the likes of Uri Tielemans and you know Jeremy Duck well not Jeremy Duck who's not going to be playing but you know Ben Benteke Strikers yeah. the weeds Batshuayi. Give
0: her,
1: Batshu- who's
0: here I've had him in my fantasy team <laughs> every year
1: he's always let you down Meaningful Metrics on ODB Sports in partnership with Whoop the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential see Whoop.com for more Mick As regards the options that Stephen Kenny has available to him to try and get that W against the top five side in the world, uh, the Premier League ones tend to be sparse and that's been the trend over the last while.
0: It has been and it's been heading that way but actually a look at this season so far is really worrying because it's been gradually fading in terms of our Premier League players and Premier League players who are playing regularly Mm. more importantly and it's a sharp drop this year. And It's a sharp drop because the five top appearance makers in the Premier League that were Irish last season we're all relegated. They played for Sheffield United and West Brom. None of them moved on. It was McGoldrick, Egan, Stevens, uh, Calum Robinson, Darrow Shea. Uh, so none of them are in the Premier League anymore. But looking at it so far this season, and I'm going to compare it to some other years just to just kind of give you a flavour of it 13 Irish players have appeared in the Premier League this season. 13 and now we're not at the end of the year you do expect a couple of guys will get a run out here or there but they'll get one or two games yeah. so I also looked at the kind of percentages of games that players have played so Seamus Coleman has played in 81% of Everton's games okay. Everton are in crisis but you know Seamus Coleman is still, still there as part yeah. of them we've had Shane Duffy's played in 62% of Brighton's games Adam Ead has played in 59% of Norwich's an awful lot of them are off the bench and Adam Ead is injured and out for the season and then after that you're down to 45% with Kieran Clark and Matt Doherty, who thankfully is the informed player and yeah, we'll yeah, get that above 50 by the end of the season you would think but only three players would, uh, have so far have played 50% of the games you would think by the end of the season that will remain three and that Ida will drop out and Doherty will, will come into it Okay, just remember that figure last season 21 players played in the Premier League um, as opposed to the, the 13 so 30, far this yeah. year but 9 of them over 50% of the games you go back 10 years to 2011-12 season 35 players Irish players played in the Premier League that season I was about to ask like maybe it's not that big of a drop but Jesus that's huge 35 to yeah. 13 say maybe it ends up being 15 by the end of the season just, to, just to, as a reminder of what Stephen Kenny actually has to, to pick from and to work from and how much things have changed for Irish players in England 21 Richie of that 35 played in over 50% of the games wow. uh, 3 played in, uh, and uh, sorry uh, 21 of them and then 3 further played 18 uh, like 19 will get them to 50%, yeah, you yeah. know. So you're talking like 21, 24 players who were seriously involved in their team. That again is three this season. Right? So we're talking and the percentages, it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. So, you know, um not great. You go back another 10 years, 0-2, 28 players in the league, 15 of them played over 50%. This is the amount of this these are the players that played in every game that season. Steve Finnan, Shay Given, Matt Holland, Dean Kylie, Niall Quinn, Played in all 38 games. We had players that were two to four in the league. Maybe it was mid table. But you know, table in the Premier League is is non yeah. like, and yeah. also Roy Keane was still playing that time, and Robbie Keane was, and yeah. I think Dennis Irwin was even still, and I've been knocking around. Maybe it was a year or two after him. Go back to the first season of the Premier League; it's not quite the thirty years of twenty-nine, unfortunately. But uh, for my my metrics aren't aren't as uh, yeah. as as, as uh, perfect as I'd like them to be. Twenty-seven players played that year; seventeen of them over fifty percent. So it's funny. You always think of it as a, a, a decline over many many years, but it's actually been steady. For about for so long, twenty years, 20 years yeah. odd or whatever, and then it's in the last ten years when the decline has happened. But even that was leveling out a bit for the last three or four years, and now a huge drop again this season.
1: But it's going to be grand because we're going to have top-flight players in other countries. Josh Cullen has started That's the true. trend. With yeah, Antelect, you're right there. And yeah. We're going to
0: have Festy and James Ibanqua over in Udinese from next season. So. All's not lost. But once that continues on, I think I'd be <laughs> more than happy to cast aside these Premier League uh, <clears throat> stats as a worry. But at the moment, it is a worry, unfortunately, Very because worry, yeah. in terms of first team, we're probably only looking at Josh Cullen really, like you know. Um,
1: talking about declines and departures, uh, Anthony Barry is obviously the the key, who would have thought that a, a third string coach uh, would be the focus of attention going but, into uh, an international uh, match. But here we are; uh, it's turned out that way, given the impact that he had when during that twelve months alone that he was there with Ireland and now he's headed off, as he says, taking a no brainer job at Belgium. I think we'd all agree that, you know, going to work at a World Cup and with the players that they have at their disposal, it would be a no brainer.
0: Yeah. But, sitting on the opposite bench this weekend <laughs> is uh Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. But I just had a quick look at Stephen Kenny's record pre Anthony Barry and post Anthony Barry. So it do, it doesn't look great, but there are obviously other factors at play. These are specifically the metrics, the stats for this sure. uh, question. You have to obviously say there's more to it than that. In that teams were betting in, there was a lot of factors that went into Ireland's improvement. But Anthony Barry was certainly one of them. And you know, I think it's worth illustrating this, right? So, um, in he was appointed on the twenty sixth of February, twenty twenty one. Stephen Kenny had played eight games as manager up until that point. Uh, Damien Duff was obviously in that role they'd won none of them Mm -hmm. they lost five they drew three which included penalty shootout defeat to Slovakia they scored one goal which was in the first game a last second equaliser of Shane Duffy against Bulgaria then didn't score for six games in a row and conceded seven at that time which isn't too bad actually obviously that's a win rate of (laughs) zero percent since then Anthony Barry came in they've played 12 games they've won four of them they've drawn five they've lost just one They've scored twenty, wow, and conceded nine in that twelve game. So defensive record both similar, a little bit better. They've gone from scoring one in eight to scoring twenty in five. Now nations league versus international friendly season you have to remember that as well. Like we had some easy teams in the group as well that you wouldn't have in a nation <laughs> league. So there are there are mitigating factors there. Serious mitigating factors. But still to not concede a goal in 400 I
1: think it totted up recently 430 minutes or somewhere there thereabouts. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. really good. A win percentage that went from 0 to 33% is obviously a big improvement. Here's a bigger one though. Loss percentage gone from 62.5% to 25% in that time. Now Again, I do. The mitigating factors are important here because we had the likes of That's friendlies right. against Andorra for some reason, and you know <laughs> Qatar, and we had Azerbaijan, and we had Luxembourg. Even though it, the, the defeat to Luxembourg is was the Anthony Barry's first two games were also defeats yeah. as well. So again, that might. You know the improvement was there but the improvement did have something to do with the coach as well so the first two defeats were the Serbia game and then the famous infamous Luxembourg game and everything has picked up from there hopefully that continues and Anthony Barry is sitting in the Belgian dugout thinking my work here is done Uh, but there's a fear there's a fear
1: I just want to see John Eustace run along the sideline and give a proper proper fist bump into his face
0: what are you made of Johnny
1: yeah there you go Uh, Mick thank you for that and thanks to Whoop we have an amazing prize to give away this week for your chance to win the all new Whoop 4.0 including a 12 month membership just check out our competition on Twitter and tell us who the mystery Whoop ambassador is Mick thank you very much thanks Rigi Meaningful Metrics on Off The Ball in partnership with Whoop A personalized digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more.